Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the global news stories that matter. A Boston-based agritech startup plans to pay farmers to store carbon in soil, part of a growing field of climate-related agricultural practices that seek to reduce the amount of carbon dioxide in the air. Lauren Fedor discusses the growing focus on environmentally friendly farming methods with Leslie Hook and Emiko Terrazono. Emiko, can you tell us a bit about Indigo's initiative to pay farmers to store carbon? So um, plants absorb carbon dioxide from the air as they grow and then they release it back to the air and soil as they decompose. What Indigo is saying is, farmers, we want you to restore soil health and increase its ability to store carbon and we'll pay you for it. So farming practices like minimal tilling of the soil, planting cover crops in between main crops and crop rotation, having livestock roam in the fields, that can all help the soil capture more carbon. Is this different than what farmers normally do? Well, traditionally, these were what farmers have been doing, but modern-day intensive farming practices like using chemical pesticides and fertilisers have eroded soil health, and scientists estimate that across cropland soils there's carbon concentration of about 1%, and this compares to about 3% for natural ecosystems like forests. I guess one thing I'm struggling to understand is how much carbon this is going to save and how they're going to measure it. Leslie, what do you think? It is very hard to measure how long the carbon stays in the soil and to measure each individual plot. And that's always been one of the challenges with this approach. We know that globally there is a lot of carbon stored in the soil. The top two meters of soil around the earth contain about three times as much carbon as the atmosphere. So there is a huge store of carbon there already. And as Emiko says, a lot of it has been lost. Scientists I've spoken to have often pointed to this figure of 450 billion tons of CO2 essentially lost from the soil because of modern farming practices. So that's about a decade's worth of global emissions. And that's gone into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So it has had a huge impact and there is a huge sort of opportunity here, but one that is quite difficult to quantify. And I think Indigo, correct me if I'm wrong, they are planning to use sort of satellite imagery and a very novel approach to sort of measure what the farmers are doing. So Indigo says that it will use um, remote sensing technology from satellites. And satellites these days can measure everything from radiation to CO2 levels. So that's what they're going to rely on. And the company is also part of a study with tens of thousands of farms looking at how carbon is stored in soil. But they've also launched a competition calling on innovators and entrepreneurs to come up with a scaling up measurement for carbon. So it's a bit of a moving target. It's a call to arms. But it's, you know, I think it's opened a lot of people's eyes into the potential there. Can you explain a little bit more about the business model and how exactly this is going to be financed? So Indigo is going to use its own money to pay farmers initially and then sell on their so-called carbon credits to food companies and other agricultural companies. What's in it for Indigo? I know they've invested in all sorts of environmental initiatives and that's kind of their main thing, but... How are they going to benefit from this? So one of Indigo's businesses is selling microbials to farmers. So coating seeds with microbials, which is essentially what's in our gut as well. But using those microbials to help farmers reduce chemicals and pesticides and fertilizers. 
So they're hoping as farmers turn to traditional, more soil-friendly methods that they can increase their sales there. But also if farmers have more organic and less pesticide, less fertiliser used crops, that increases the premium the farmers can get. And Indigo also offers this, uh, it's like an eBay for grains, but they offer this marketplace where farmers can buy and sell their premium Mm. grains to buyers. So they're hoping that it all kind of ties together. And I don't think we've said immediately in this scheme how much do farmers stand to make because they're effectively being subsidized or paid to do this. Well, exactly. So Indigo in 2019 says the farmers who sign up this year, they'll pay $15 for every ton of carbon that they've managed to store in the soil. And this year they're hoping to sign up more than 3,000 growers covering more than 1 million acres. And then eventually going to take these carbon credits and sell them on to companies. Exactly. Leslie, what do you think about that idea? Is it something that's just a novel, neat idea, or does it actually have the potential for a bigger impact? Well, I think it's interesting because it's one of many efforts that we're starting to see to store more carbon. As global emissions hit a record high last year, the gap between what the world should be doing to limit the worst impacts of global warming and the reality of what's going up in the atmosphere is just growing. And so more and more people are thinking about what's called negative emissions technologies. And these are just ways to store carbon in the soil, underground, in the ocean, in trees. It kind of covers any way that you're pulling CO2 out of the air and storing it or sequestering it in a place where it won't be re-released. And soil has really been one of the most interesting areas for this sort of negative emissions technology because that's nature's own way of storing a lot of carbon. So in a way, it's sort of a low-hanging fruit. There's not some technological mystery about how this works. So there have been a lot of really interesting efforts to try and replenish the carbon that's stored in soil, which can be good for the fertility of the soil and good for the crops, as well as good for the atmosphere. Yeah. From an agricultural point of view, the debate about how much farming and agriculture contribute to emissions has also been growing. And I think policymakers are quite aware of the debate around that. And I think they're more actively wanting to find ways to help reduce or negate emissions out of agriculture and farming. And this is potentially one of the ways. Have you seen that as well, Leslie? Yeah, there's a lot of emissions from the agricultural sector, a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. There's methane emissions from cows. There's emissions from diesel trucks. There's ammonia emissions that arise when you fertilize the fields. There's a lot of different types of environmental impacts from farming that are coming under more of a focus. I mean, here in the UK, there's a lot of discussion over payments to farmers that would reflect sustainable farming practices and reflect the positive environmental impact of what farmers are doing. Leslie, it'd be great to understand just how much of an impact farming has on greenhouse gas emissions as maybe compared to other sources. Well, most people don't instantly think of the farm as a huge source. They think of sort of the coal power plant belching black smoke. But in many countries, agriculture is the second largest source of emissions after the power sector. Globally, it accounts for around 13% of greenhouse gas emissions. Now, different farms have different types of environmental impacts. So cattle farms, dairy farms have a larger impact on greenhouse gas emissions because of the methane that's emitted by the cows. And farming practices can also have a big impact on emissions. And previously, this was 
overlooked. A lot of the efforts on decarbonization have really focused on getting rid of coal and cleaning up the power sector, more renewable energy. And farming is a very difficult sector to introduce change into because you have so many farmers, so many different types of crops. But it's an area where a lot more companies and policymakers are increasingly focusing. And how optimistic are people in the sector that initiatives like the Indigo One, maybe taken in aggregate, are actually going to make a difference? I think there's going to be a lot more research and a lot more funding going into programs like this. We've seen researchers looking at what type of plants can help store more carbon in the soil. We've seen companies like Indigo starting to pay farmers. So I think this is an area that's going to see a lot of growth. That was Lauren Fedor talking to Leslie Hook, our environment correspondent, and Emiko Terrazono, our commodities correspondent. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you missed out on our recent episodes of the sale of Sotheby's Auction House, Caring for Dementia Sufferers, or Kamala Harris and the Race for the US Democratic nomination, you can find them all on the usual podcast platforms. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.